Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Not that he needs my concern in any way, shape, or form, but I care for Lamar Jackson. He is a Palm Beach County kid, and I don't love the way things are going with his bank account right now. Stone Lebanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Programs. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Lamar Jackson needs to get paid. If it's not today, it needs to be soon. And if you listen to the Baltimore Ravens owner... It doesn't seem like Lamar is really that intent on getting paid, and I'm wondering why. Ken Levick alive Wednesday here on ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app and in your smart speaker. And at John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the suddenly humid and summerish intracoastal. Still on the bandwidth, Friday Night Lights running this until 2. And back in a regular Wednesday spot, she ditched us last week. She graced us with her presence Monday at Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. But Jeanette Javier is here, and because it's Wednesday, that also means that we have a Jeanette's Sports movie spectacular. Ta-da! Hello. Tin cup today, right? Tin cup today. Tin cup. Uh, We are jammed here in the first uh, half hour or so before the true nonsense begins because Adam Fuller, the defensive coordinator at Florida State, will join us in about 10 minutes' time. So let's get right into this. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I don't know how you feel, Jeanette, but I feel an attachment to the kid. And I don't know, and I say kid, I only say kid because I started knowing of him and then met him for the first couple of times when he was still a kid. He was still a high school football player at Palm Beach Central and then off to Boynton Beach. So uh, I Lamar Jackson was a kid. My first real conversation I had with Lamar Jackson was before his senior year at Boynton Beach. They played Village Academy, and apparently Village Academy players were talking trash about Boynton Beach, and I had an interview already scheduled with Lamar Jackson the day of their spring game, and I asked him, oh, what, what's, what's going to happen tonight against Village Academy? And he said, going to shut him up. All right. And he did. And the famous Lamar Jackson run to his right towards the end zone, stop on a dime and saunter into the end zone, it happened in that game. And it was our WPTV News Channel 5 cameras who caught it. Uh, so I, I just feel a connection to Lamar Jackson. He's been very good to us here at ESPN 106.3, and there's a lot to be proud of about the guy. That is why, Jeanette, when I – and I don't know if you've seen these. The comments of Steve Bishotti, the Ravens owner, it makes me concerned about what in the world is happening in Lamar Jackson's camp. Have you heard these at all? Negative. Okay. So I'm going to read them. A little story time here, okay? Mm-hmm. So Steve Bishotti was asked about Deshaun Watson getting the $230 million guaranteed from the Browns and what okay. that's going to mean for the quarterback market moving forward. Mm-hmm. And here is the quote. It's a long one, so stick with me from Steve Bishotti, Baltimore Ravens owner, yesterday at the NFL owners' meetings right across the intercoastal from us at the Breakers in Palm Beach. Quote, damn, I wish they hadn't guaranteed the whole contract. I don't know that he should have been the first guy to get a fully guaranteed deal. To me, that's something that's groundbreaking, and it'll make negotiations harder with others. But it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to play that game, you know? We shall see. If I was in bogged-down negotiations with Lamar, then maybe I would have a quicker reaction to that news. Bashadi called Lamar Jackson's decision to wait, quote, unique as hell because everybody expects you to say, I've got to get mine now. However, Jackson hasn't shown an urgency to get a deal done. The team has reached out to start contract talks with Jackson, but again, he hasn't shown any urgency to get a deal done. Bashadi, quote, The kid is so obsessed with winning a Super Bowl that I think deep down he doesn't think he's worthy. I think he wants that to say, now I deserve to be on top. People can speculate any way they want. I don't think he's turned on by money that much, and he knows it's coming one way or another. But it's like my GM can't keep calling him and say, hey, Lamar, you really need to get in here and get this thing done. That's not a general manager's job. Kirk Cousins did it that way. What if Lamar says that? I'll play on my fifth-year option. I'll play on the franchise. I'll play on another franchise, and then you can sign me. No urgency on Lamar Jackson's end 
to get a contract done when he's already in his fifth-year option. On its face, Jeanette, for a guy who I consider to be an elite-level quarterback, certainly the most unique quarterback in the NFL, uh, this would probably be the time to start talking about a long-term contract, right? Yes, absolutely. But going back to that, it seems like his mind is definitely somewhere else, too, which seems comes out of curiosity. Well, and that's the thing. So Lamar Jackson tweeted today because you're all on the same wavelength as some fans where, wait, is Lamar thinking that he can explore a little bit? That maybe the Ravens aren't the career destination for him? That maybe he thinks there's something better out there in the NFL? But he addressed that on Twitter earlier today. Like, on cue, Jeanette. The fact that you say that, though, is right on because Lamar Jackson's feeling that. And those on the old social media apps, they've been tweeting about it because those Bashadi quotes and that urgent, that urgent word, a lack of urgency, that has people thinking that maybe Lamar is looking elsewhere. Here's Lamar Jackson's tweet. I love my Ravens. I don't know who the hell putting that false narrative out that I'm having thoughts about leaving. Stop trying to read my mind. Yeah, Jeanette. Stop trying to read Lamar's mind, okay? Whatever. If he wanted to be with the Baltimore Ravens immediately, he probably would have signed something or at least not let his owner know, at least let his owner know that he's thinking about signing again. So, I don't get the play here from Lamar's side. Very notably, Lamar doesn't have by definition an agent. He has advisors who help him out. His family, his mother is very involved in the process. I'm having a hard time, though, wrapping my mind around in a constantly evolving quarterback market where there's more and more talent coming out every single year. As we've seen in free agency, teams aren't afraid to go out and get big-time quarterbacks. Why you wouldn't want to lock up something long-term? Stone, could you tell me to this point in his career, and this is a guy who has won a playoff game. This is a guy who has won the NFL MVP. How much collective money in base salary has Lamar Jackson made in his NFL career? In total, mm-hmm. a little over $10 million. That's it. That's it. That's in, it? In that's in it. elite quarterback circles, that's right, Jeanette, that's it. Think wow. about that. Yeah. And half of that comes from his signing bonus. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So base salary is probably what around four and a half, five million dollars. Yeah, it was, it was like a base little over salary, four. and with signing bonuses, because he hit him, he's at ten million. But like that's that's minuscule. That's in nothing. elite quarterback money. That's nothing right. for what he deserves. You asked what his play was. I don't think he has one. Why? And that's that's my worry. This is where I get concerned. What is the play here? If there is a play. Or are they just deciding, hey, play your fifth-year option and then we'll get huge money in the unrestricted free agent market? But what happened to Lamar Jackson last year? Why did the Ravens miss the playoffs? Do you recall, Jeanette? No. Because he got hurt. (laughs) He missed missed the final month of the season. Yeah, it was probably over a month. Yeah, over a month. What happens if that happens again? There are very few quarterbacks who put their bodies on the line – quite like Lamar Jackson does. And his reputation, if you ask, I like Lamar, I love Lamar. The common football fan says, I really like Lamar, but that's not sustainable. Those hits aren't sustainable. I tend to poo-poo that. I don't love that stance. But, but, Jeanette, in this sport, at that position, with that guy, isn't it a legitimate concern that maybe, just maybe, Lamar Jackson suffers an injury that takes money away from the guy? Yes. Yes, but going back to thinking if he's going to be with the Ravens or not, it's a little weird to me. If you want something in any facet of life, you go after it. You have to get it. Exactly. So the fact that... I've learned a lot of lessons in that. There's no sense of urgency from him. Right. That sends a major red flag. Well, he's a gamer. Well, that, And that's the thing. This might be Lamar. Lamar Jackson, no matter what people want to say about him, that dude is as stand-up as they come. It's why... What is he doing playing pickup football on a beach? He tripped over a jet ski. Why is he playing on the concrete tennis surface in Deerfield? What is he doing? What's he doing in Pompano with all those kids? He could hurt himself because he's genuine. Because that dude is a pure-ass guy. Because Mm -hmm. he tries to do the best for people. And I think it's a detriment to to him sometimes because I think he's doing that to the Ravens as well. Saying, you know what? Ravens? I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, and 
I'll earn this long-term contract extension. When Jeanette, in reality, he, um, he, he's earned it already. He's earned a long-term deal worth major, major money. Yes, but wouldn't that just go with the negotiations as well? Like, he can come straight up to the line and say, this is who I am, this is what I'm worth, let's start negotiating this now. Well, he should. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That goes part of the urgency. Right, and so I don't understand why that step hasn't happened. Yes. And so I don't know the, the end game here for Lamar. I don't know the path here for Lamar. And again, as someone that I have a ton of respect for Lamar Jackson, he is a Palm Beach County kid. Love that guy. Proud of that guy. I feel uncomfortable with him playing out this fifth-year option, which is what, $23 million? $23 million. This is going to be the first legitimate money he makes in his career. This year, fifth-year option. That's crazy. But what if he got hurt? It torpedoed the Ravens' season last year. Now, that is that in and of itself should be a negotiation tactic, right? Hey, look what happened when I wasn't the starting quarterback. We missed the playoffs. But what happens if he gets hurt again? You never know in the NFL now. What happens? Because... Ravens' loyalty could disappear just like that, as loyal as Lamar's being to the Ravens right now. John Harbaugh is a loyal guy, and he has been in the past. Well, he got a three-year contract extension, but still, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything if you have a banged-up, lingering injury quarterback. And those two seem to have a, like a tight relationship. I don't know them no personally, doubt. but... And, that's, and it, it, listen, that's fine. Maybe I'm jaded, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything until it actually has pen to paper, right? Yes. So, Lamar Jackson... Right now, I think he should get himself paid. Where should Lamar Jackson be paid amongst the highest paid in the NFL? We'll go through the list in a moment. And I want to ask about uh, what what it takes a defensive coordinator's mind to go up against Lamar Jackson. Oh, and it just so happens we have a defensive coordinator waiting for us here. He is going into his third year in charge of the defense in Tallahassee. Him and Mike Norvell slowly but surely building up Florida State football. Some expectations here as we go into 2022, and he is right smack dab in the middle of spring ball. Adam Fuller, Florida State defensive coordinator, joins us here on Ken LeVick Alive. Coach, thanks for a couple of minutes. Appreciate it, and I know in the spring schedule it's a little bit of a grind, so at this point of the spring season, uh, how are you feeling? Are you ready to go out and hit someone yourself? Are, are you still in honeymoon phase here? How, how do you handle spring at this point? Well, Ken, thanks for having me on. Uh, excited to talk to you. I think we're better off if I don't try to hit anybody during <laughs> spring season. I think I'll, I'm better, I'm better placed somewhere on the sideline trying to help um, improve these guys. Yeah, sure. yeah, no, that's a good call. And I, uh, I'm the play-by-play voice for Florida Atlantic down here in Palm Beach County in Boca Raton, and I know about this time uh, the players are definitely a little bit antsy, and it's getting a little warmer down here. How have the players handled spring so far? What's been the overall vibe of uh, of spring camp so far in Tally? Yeah, it's been a, it's been an excellent spring to this point. You know, we had our first spring scrimmage last Saturday. Um, you know, and, and then we had. You know, that was the week after spring break, and now we're into here going into practice 8-9 this week with another scrimmage this Saturday. And, you know, you just, you've seen a lot of growth. You've seen the offseason carry over. We're, we're deeper as a football team. Um, you know, and, you know, we're coaching guys now that have been playing for us for three years. Um, and that's at every level of the defense. You know, guys are going to their third year of playing. And I think that's critical. It's critical because they're just going to be bigger and stronger. But it's also just for the experience, um, and we've had to learn a lot of lessons the last couple of years. And now we're looking forward to putting those lessons to test and, and to see the growth um, from, from the entire group. And, you know, just excited to be able to go through every day with these guys because it really is, you know, it's a, it's a special place to coach college football. It's a special place to play. And, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to watching these guys develop here over these next, next two weeks to finish off this spring. Uh, April 9th is the Florida State Spring Game defensive coordinator at FSU, Adam Fuller, with us here on Ken Levick Alive. Uh, so, Lamar Jackson, we were talking about him, how dynamic he is. You've been in the game a long time, and you've seen how uh, offenses evolve, and in particular, that quarterback position. Uh, first off, who's one of the more dynamic quarterbacks you've gone against in your time as a coach? This doesn't even have to be Florida State. It can be back uh, at, at Memphis or at Marshall, but someone you saw where you're like, man, that guy, you can only contain him. There's no way you're stopping that dude. Well, I appreciate you bringing back some bad memories. Um, <laughs> this, 
there's been a couple good quarterbacks. I remember I coached against Joe Flacco when he was at the University of Delaware. Yep. And I was at the University of Richmond, and just his arm talent was unbelievable. Um, I obviously had an opportunity, unfortunately, to coach against Lamar Jackson when he was at Louisville. I was at Marshall University um, and, and coached against him. So there's been a number of them. Um, those are two that jumped out. You know, we've coached against a couple here. You know, obviously some of the top picks this year going up, and and um, Kenny Pickett we, we've coached against. I coached against the Desmond Ritter kid when he was at Cincinnati. We played in the championship game when I was at Memphis. Uh, obviously, Sam Howell we've coached against the last two years uh, here. But, you know, for sure, I, I would say Joe Flacco back in 2000, I think it was 2007, mm-hmm. um, 2006, and then um, Lamar Jackson the year he won the Heisman. Uh, I will say, Coach Fuller, the fact that uh, you moved on to uh, to Memphis and then Florida State and got away from from Marshall. Me as a true FAU guy, I appreciate that about you. You understood that uh, that's that that's just not good stuff. I have a little bit of a vendetta against the uh, the thundering herd. They uh, they tend to beat up on FAU a little bit. I do want to ask you about a local kid, Akeem Dent, Palm Beach Central product. He. Uh, he, he has been playing really strong defensive back for you and really had a strong finish to the year last season. How have you seen Akeem Dent mature into someone you can depend on on the, the back end of that defense? You know, Ken, that's a great observation from you because he really has matured uh, in a lot of ways. He's matured, matured physically. Um, you know, he's a lot bigger, stronger, um, you know, than, than he was when we got here three years ago. But also mentally, you know, it came somebody that, you know, he was coming off of an injury, um, you know, my first year here, and, and we play him at corner, and, you know, he, he had some moments that, you know, he could have done a better job, we could have done a better job with him, and but he used those, he used that history, and, and he really is, has recreated himself at safety, and um, somebody that we're relying on here going into this fall, um, you know, he finished the season really strong. He was part of that secondary that really, really improved um, as the season went on. And, you know, you know, and he's just he, he's really grown a whole lot. And um, we're expecting a, a lot from Akeem this season. And uh, he'll be a, he'll be a very vital piece to our secondary. If we're going to have the year we want to have next year, Akeem Dent's going to have to play well. And, and, and I'm counting on that to happen. And just selfishly, we want a little bit of a scouting report on Jordan Travis, uh, Benjamin Kidd, someone from down here in Palm Beach County as well. Uh, your defense going up against him in the spring, how's he looking? You know, Jordan's always been one of the better one-on-one players in space um, that I've seen live. You know, he's, you know, it's hard to get him on the ground in those situations. But to see his evolution as a passer and playmaker behind the line of scrimmage, um, you know, he's made some really impressive throws this spring um, and the confidence in him playing in, in Coach Norvell's offense. You know, you can see that happening, um, you know, through the progression here over the last three years and really this spring, you know, just that his playing with anticipation. You know, we all know what he can do in space, um, but he's made some clutch throws and, you know, now seeing those throws, you know, happen daily in, in those moments of throwing things open and, you know, I, I think if you light him up and just, you know, watch him throw, you know he's got the arm count. But now to see it come together, playing this position quarterback brings so many other, you know, things to it. And, you know, he's really putting together a really, really good spring. And, you know, he's somebody that, you know, if he can beat you from the pocket like he's doing right now in the spring, you know, it's just going to obviously create more headaches for other teams that try to defend our offense in Jordan. Adam Fuller, FSU defensive coordinator with us here on ESPN 106.3. I'm Ken Levesque. FSU starts August 27th against Duquesne. The spring game is April 9th, just 10 days away. Now the important stuff here, Coach, all right? Uh, How often do you wake up and relive the win over Miami this past season? You say, man, that was awesome. We beat the Canes. FSU is back. How how often do you still let yourself uh, enjoy that victory? Um, you know, not much, to be honest with you. Oh, I mean, coach. it was, it was a, it was a great win and we were fired up for it. Um, but you're not going to win the next one if you don't get ready for today. And it's just kind of part of the process, I think, of being, you know, 
a pro or a coach or anybody, you know, you, you know it too, Ken. You've yeah. done great radio shows. I'm sure you woke up well, today and you didn't really think. That's well, negligible, right? Coach. That's negligible, but I appreciate the, uh, the encouragement. I'm here for you. <laughs> I appreciate you having my back. Um, I, uh, I, I need to ask you this, too, because Coach Norvell is business. He is football. I, I have great respect for him, but I don't have a great feel for like what he would be like if you went to just go get some wings with him or went bowling with him. What is Mike Norvell like outside of the football realm? Um, you know, it's when, I, when he hired me at Memphis, you know, we had spoken – you know, for uh, several days, maybe going a week, but it was all phone. And we really never met each other until the day he picked me up at the airport for my first day at Memphis. But after those conversations, you know, I told my wife, I said, this is somebody I want to be around. This is somebody that I want to connect with just because his energy and it's so, it's so real. And so the person that you see him, you know, talk football, obviously he's passionate about the game, but you know, Mike Norvell's passionate about life. I know that sounds a little bit corny, uh, but it's true. I mean, if, if you meet him, you know, anywhere, I mean, he's a sincere, intense, uh, loving person. And, I mean, he's, you know, he's the leader of this football program. He's the leader of, of all of us. And uh, he wakes up every day and he challenges himself to be better. And that there, I can't say it any better than that. Yep. And, um, you know, he's somebody I, I consider a very close friend, but definitely somebody – well, I consider an inspiration to what it looks like to be able to be a football coach and a leader. And, um, you know, that's as, that's as honest as I can put it. I have been around so many assistant coaches with a number of different tenures at Florida Atlantic over the last 15 years, and it's just I'm always fascinated by the stories of the assistant coaches because, brother, that is a grind, and I know you know that. Stop me if I, I get any uh, step of this path wrong, okay? So you played your college ball at Sacred Heart. You go to Worcester Polytechnic Institute, Division Three, to start your coaching career. Then it's on to Wagner. Then it's Richmond. Then it's Assumption. You go to Chattanooga. You head to Marshall. Then Memphis is the D.C. Florida State defensive coordinator. Man, you have grinded your way to this point in your college career, your college coaching career. How have you stuck with it like you have? Yeah, I, I appreciate you going through that. Like, And, you know, I... I feel like I went through all those steps because I was supposed to. Um, you know, I just, you know, my, my high school coach got fired going on my senior year. My college coach was let go going on my senior year. I just, there was really no football mentor that I had. And so what I just knew, I loved the sport and I knew the impact that it had on me. I just, you know, when it came time to make a decision what you were going to do with your life, yeah. I knew football, I wanted to be a part of it. And so, you know, I just kind of, stuck with it and you know I, I had to just kind of travel the long road but you know as I'm here now you know I think it was all for a reason because you know when these guys get to Florida State you know maybe they've been highly recruited all their lives you know whatever it is but at the end of the day you know all that stuff and the highly recruited and the five stars it still comes down to work every single day and it comes down to no matter where you are like you've got to you have a responsibility each day to get the most out of your opportunity. And, you know, that's what I've had to do. Um, now I'm in, I think, one of the best universities in the country coaching the greatest game in the world um, at a legendary place where, where some of the best coaches in the history of football, you know, have been. And, you know, I get an opportunity to do that in a great high school state of Florida. So, you know, it's just all those steps were for a reason. You know, I've been able to make great friendships throughout it. Um, and, you know, I was on some great staffs. So those may not be the best name, but, I mean, there are some great coaches out there that sure. I've been able to align myself with over the years. And, you know, it's just it's, – it's all made me who I am today and, and something I wouldn't want to skip a step if I could do it again. Uh, one final one here for Florida State Defensive Coordinator Adam Fuller. We appreciate him taking this time right in the middle of spring ball, which is not something that a ton of uh, assistants throughout the country would uh, would do, certainly not be uh, open to doing it. Uh Knowles fans will club me if I don't ask you about Randy Shannon, the dynamics so far, you working alongside him as your co-defensive coordinator. How has that gone here through the spring? 
It's been great. You know, Randy is not somebody, you know, he was somebody that was with us last year. And, um, you know, I just knew of Randy, having recruited the state, and obviously being a college football fan, um, and the success he's had. Um, and so when, when Mike came to me and said we had an opportunity to hire an off-field analyst two years ago, you know, he was one of the first names that I came across that I did some research on. And everybody I spoke with um, talked to what a, what a great, professional he was and how unselfish he was and how intelligent he was so i started a relationship uh connected with him right away and we were able to bring him on and from the minute he got here you know whether he would he'd be walking the field picking up a cone after practice he'd be out putting his arm around a kid that had a tough day or he'd be in my office saying and i'd be bouncing ideas off him as far as how to structure practice or hey i noticed you had done this in your past what do you think if i try to do it like this you know he would give me sincere answers um he was a great advocate for me and you know when we were when we weren't playing well when we were playing well he was always available and you know so when we had an opportunity to have an opening on our staff and and, and coach norvell asked me you know who, who do you have in mind um i immediately without pause said Randy Shannon. Hmm. I said, whatever we got to do to keep him here, like he's about what we're about. He cares about the kids. He cares about improving every day. He, he doesn't take shortcuts. He's going to work to be the best he can be. I said, so whatever we got to do, you know, you're in charge of the money. You're in charge of all the other stuff. But, you know, he, he's the one I want here in our program on this defensive staff. So, um, and, you know, I've, it's, it's been great. You know, the last year and a half with him, um, you know, he is everything that I think a football coach should be, and um, I've enjoyed every day that he's been here with me. Coach, really appreciate the time you gave us. Here's to a productive uh, run-up here to the spring game on April 9th. Uh, good health to your guys, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, to seeing you guys come August 27th against Duquesne, and uh, we'll catch up to you as we get closer to the season, okay? Thanks, Ken. I appreciate you having me on. Go Knowles. Adam Fuller, defensive coordinator at Florida State. And again, I and Jeanette, you know this. You've been around college football at Florida Atlantic. This time of the spring, with like 10 days left until the spring game, there aren't many assistant coaches that are like, oh, hell sure, let's do a radio interview. That's a great idea. Let me do a local radio show yeah. real quick. Then. Hey, bring out the TV cameras, too. On the other side of the state. Why not? Yeah, I've got no film to study or anything nope, like nope. that. No, no two deeps to put together. I Absolutely have not. nothing else on my mind. So Florida State defensive coordinator Adam Fuller, and something I did not know is that Coach Fuller was the one who said, make Randy Shannon my co-defensive coordinator. That wasn't a Norvell decision. That was an Adam Fuller decision. That he, says a lot, right? He did claim that, and that, it, that does says a lot. And it also shows that, that Coach Fuller, who, uh, I mean, Knowles fans haven't been enthralled with at times, and it, certainly that defense improved an awful lot last year, uh, he has confidence in himself. Because it would be very easy, I think, for some coaches to say, oh, wait, this guy... He's been a D.C. He could be a threat to me, but not Adam Fuller. He knows that, hey, we're better if Randy Shannon's working alongside me. And I think that says a lot about the guy. Florida State spring game, April 9th in Tallahassee. When we return, more on Lamar Jackson. Why aren't they talking contract? Why doesn't Lamar have urgency to talk contract? And where should he rank amongst the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and tweeted us at KLV1063. Ken Levick Alive presented by our title sponsor, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. 22 years. Bentidos. Right, Jeanette? Wow. Well yeah. done. Bentidos. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's right. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. They have professors in the sports industry currently. You're learning firsthand knowledge, not something out of a book, not something from 1972. No, something from today, from now. This is a constantly evolving industry. If you want to be most prepared to work your dream job in the sports industry, you need people who are currently in it to teach you about it, and that's what the FAU MBA Sport Management Program does for you. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. Sign up for fall semester classes now. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Program. It's a Wednesday. That means Jeanette Javier. I'm Ken Lavica. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 106.3. 
are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Florida State Defensive Coordinator Adam Fuller. We appreciate him being on if you missed any of that. Knowles fans, check it out. A lot of good stuff by not only Fuller, but also Randy Shannon, Akeem Dent. If you listen to that and heard him talk about Jordan Travis and you're a Florida State fan, uh, tingly in the nether regions is probably the right way to describe it, right, Stone? Yeah, absolutely. Little Knowles tingle in the old nether regions. And if you're a Miami fan, there's a lot to worry about because he showed no excitement. It was straight business about that W. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, are you disrespecting him or giving him credit there? Uh, A little bit of both. I was very confused. Uh, A little bit of both. I love that. He's right in the middle of Switzerland. Uh Yeah, Yeah, you're definitely neutral there. Uh, So if you missed any, Adam Fuller, Florida State Defensive Coordinator, Ken Levick, a live podcast. It's free because we're doing it for you people. not paying a cent to listen to this trash. Wherever you get your podcast, but that's good. Rare, rare non-trash on the Ken Levick Alive podcast. Again, it is uh, free. Wednesdays means Jeanette Javier. She's hanging with us until two o'clock. Uh, started talking about Adam Fuller. Talking before we talked to Adam Fuller, the FSU defensive coordinator. We started talking about Lamar Jackson and why in the world there's no urgency on his part to start talking contract. He is in the fifth year, fifth year option. $23 million. Up to this point, Stone, you said $10 million, right? $10 million for a super for a, a, a an NFL MVP, uh, a playoff game winner, multi-time division winner, had a top seed in the AFC, and he's only made $10 million in a four-year NFL career. He is in the elite category. So well, that's what I wanted to ask you. So there's the E word. And yeah, I would agree. I think he's in the elite level category. But let me go through the... Top paid quarterbacks in the NFL right now, okay? And this is by season. This is per year, okay? Number one in the NFL is Aaron Rodgers, $50.3 million per year, okay? Okay. Then Deshaun Watson, $46 million per year. But don't forget Mm -hmm. that he gets all $230 million of that deal guaranteed, which is $80 million more than any other guaranteed money in the history of the NFL. Absolutely insane. So then there's Patrick Mahomes, $45 million dollars. Josh Allen at four at $43 million. Matthew Stafford at $43 million, number five. After Stafford is Dak Prescott at $40 million. Mm. Russell Wilson at seven, $35 million. Then there's Jared Goff at eight, $33.5 million. Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz round out nine and ten. So let's just do this simply, okay? Forget the money for a second. Jeanette, would you rather have Lamar Jackson or Carson Wentz as your quarterback? Lamar Jackson. Okay, Stone? Lamar Jackson. All right, that's right. I see you smiling because you're the rare Carson Wentz fan. You're like a, uh, a, you're a so, Bigfoot. Do you not recognize how weird you sometimes are, Stone? Yeah. I, I care, okay, about these quarterbacks. <laughs> and I'm excited. Carson, for... you would maybe, you like? did you have to think about Carson Wentz over Lamar Jackson? No, I didn't. Okay, no. at least we have that. Thank but here's you. the thing. I think he kind of hesitated because he's a football Sasquatch. Uh, there rarely are you going to see a Carson Wentz supporter in the wild, uh, and maybe you snap a grainy photo of said person. That's good. And and so Stone is a football Sasquatch because he is out in the wild, and you can Running get a clear free. look at him. Yeah, he's like frolicking. Was that a squatch? Like that's exactly what hands Stone going is. wild yeah. as he's stomping all over the place yeah. in the wild. He's, he's stomping along the intercoastal. People are like Carson Wentz. Oh my god, it's a squatch! Quick, take a picture, he's gone! He's just yelling, Commander Carson! (laughs) Uh, Kirk Cousins, would you rather have Lamar Jackson or Kirk Cousins as your quarterback? Lamar Jackson. Uh Uh-huh, Stone? Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that was no hesitation. Jared Goff, Lamar or Goff? Jeanette? Lamar! Lamar. Okay, so now that puts him at least at the the number eight highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Russell Wilson. Mm. Lamar Russell Wilson. Again, a new location for Russell Wilson. I'm still going to go with Lamar. Stone? That's where I draw the line. I'll go, I want Russell Wilson. Okay, so Stone thinks that the Lamar Jackson should be the eighth highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Jeanette's still going. I'm going. Dak Prescott. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Okay. Matthew Stafford. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. All right. Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson. That's where I stopped. All right. Skirt. All right. Keep in mind, how many MVPs does Josh Allen have? A goose. That's right. Zero. 
So you can even make the argument that Lamar Jackson should be richer than Josh Allen, which would put him to fourth. I think I probably draw the line at Patrick Mahomes. Wow, you went further. I think Lamar Jackson is the fourth, should be the fourth highest paid quarterback in the NFL. I can make an argument, though, that Lamar Jackson should be paid more than Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson's getting $230 million guaranteed, yes, he went to an AFC title game, but again, how many MVPs does Deshaun Watson have? Zero. Uh, that's right. Uh, they have the same number of Super Bowls, same number of Super Bowl appearances. How many times has Deshaun Watson been a top seed in the AFC? Uh, that's right, zero again. Right. That is very interesting. So, because uh, what that is, is the d- biggest eye roll of all time? This is the second you, Deshaun Watson being at number two highest quarterback. Being what quarterback. does Deshaun Watson have that Lamar Jackson doesn't? Because he's more conventional. And that's why we're going to give him more money. But uh, he just only has 22 civil lawsuits to, to worry about, too. Huge Latina telenovela eye roll yep. to that whole circumstance. Lamar Jackson, I think, should be the fourth highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And I honestly would say get Sean Watson the hell out of there and put Tom Brady in there. And then it makes <laughs> sense. Okay, you, you got a case. And then it makes sense. I think Lamar Jackson is top five paid quarterback in the NFL, but they don't have urgency to get it done. What if he gets injured? What if his money dries up? If he gets injured for a second straight year, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. And then he's not going to have a long-term deal. So fine, he can play on franchise tags, which this year for quarterbacks is $29 million. But what happens the year after if the injury lingers? What happens the year after that in a second franchise tag if the injury lingers? Then you start having Lamar Jackson, sure thing, in limbo. And I would hate that for him. I don't want to see that happen to him. I want him to have a five-year contract. I want him to have historic money. I want him to be in the neighborhood of Deshaun Watson's guaranteed money. Deshaun Watson made it difficult on a lot of quarterbacks, but now Lamar needs to get in there and say, you know what, I want to get a deal done. I want long-term stuff. I can't play on a franchise tag, and I'm concerned when I get the sense there's no urgency, not on the Ravens' end. They're not the ones wavering. It's on Lamar's end, and I need to know what the hell is going on here. I'm excited for that Cleveland-Baltimore matchup. I mean, he's going to have an opportunity to say, hey, I deserve that money. And beat down on the Browns. I mean, he's going to have but that he's opportunity more than once. to sit down and talk about it. That's the problem, Jeanette. It's not that he's not up to the challenge. It's that he's apparently unwilling to talk contract. That's the weirdest thing about this whole situation, that there's no urgency. There's no way or he's not motivated to talk about the money, to talk about having a long-term plan. That's a red flag overall, period, point blank. I just wonder what's going on there. And that's that's what bothers me most is I don't I can't wrap my mind around it. I, I, it, it flies in the face of everything I want from an athlete. I, I, it's cool, and it's great, great message board fodder, and it really gets the fans on board when you say, see, my quarterback, and you see the owner, Steve Bishotti, say, money's not a huge deal to him. He just wants to win. He wants to compete. The football meatballs, I mean, they just explode over that. Hell yeah, it's my guy. Just wants to work. Hell yeah. But you know what? You need to make a living, too. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson is a once-in-a-generation talent. Okay, he came from very, very little in Pompano. This is his chance. He wants to make a difference. He that's the reason he goes back to Broward every single Mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. He wants to make a difference. Lamar, this is my plea to you. It's going to be so much easier for you to make a difference when you're making generational wealth money. Don't do this to yourself. I don't know who's around you advising me, but right now you're getting bad financial advice. You're getting bad guidance right now. Mike Tannenbaum was talking about this on Get Up, Lamar Jackson, and what it means now that Deshaun Watson has the $230 million guaranteed. And this is what Mike Tannenbaum had to say about Lamar Jackson and his money prospects upcoming. Machado yesterday made some comments at the owner's market about how he was he was a bit discouraged with that contract. Maybe a combination of that Deshaun Watson wasn't the perfect person to get that deal. And just in general, what it was going to do to the quarterback market. And Mike T, you had made this point the other day that you think there are a lot of people around the league unhappy with what Cleveland did and the impact that it is going to have on other teams around the league. Yeah, no question about it. When you just say Lamar Jackson's the tip of the iceberg, all these other quarterbacks that are coming up from Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson in Denver, who just went there, they gave up all those draft choices. They're going to have to sign to an extension as well. And then you get into guys like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. All of them are doing backflips right now. And being up at the league meetings the last couple of days, 
everyone has taken notice of Deshaun Watson, as Swagoo just alluded to, he still has 22 pending civil lawsuits, Greeny. So if I'm Lamar Jackson, I walk into Steve Bashotti's office and I simply put my feet up on his desk and say, hey, great news for you, Mr. Bashotti. I don't want $1 more than Deshaun Watson, but oh, by the way, I'm not taking $1 less. So when you're ready to write a check for $230 million, I'm going to sign it. And as great as Lamar Jackson is as a player, by him waiting and representing himself, he's actually going to go down as a Hall of Fame agent. Okay, wow. unless that foot or those feet that he's putting up on Steve Bashotti's desk have casts on them. Because then he's not getting $230 million. I'm sorry, the NFL success is fleeting. Things can change in the snap of a finger or a bone. Okay? Mm. And so Lamar Jackson going into his fifth-year option, a year after being hurt, and that tanked the Ravens' season. What if a guy who takes the contact that Lamar Jackson takes gets hurt again? What happens to his money? Is there $230 million guaranteed in his future, like Mike Tannenbaum says? I don't know. I don't think so. He deserves top four money in the NFL. He deserves more money than Deshaun Watson. Okay, He's proven himself more than Deshaun Watson. He's proven himself more, you can make the argument, than Josh Allen. He's, a to me, a top five highest paid quarterback in the NFL who has made $10 million in a four-year NFL career. Mm. That's not good enough. Do not wait. Do not take chances. Lamar needs to start getting some urgency in these contract talks. Absolutely. That's it. And until then, I think these rumors are going to fly around. Like, if, he's, if his mind really is with the Baltimore Ravens, then you need to do something right. about it. They, they appear ready to talk. But when the owner, when, the, when you've got the owner coming off as seeming a little bit confused as to why the franchise quarterback doesn't want to talk money, that's a little bit of an issue, right? I don't, I don't blame him either. How else is he going to react? How, what else oh, yeah. is he going to uh, say? Because it flies in the face of common business practice. Yes. If you're serious about something, and that goes with, with dating. If you're serious about being with somebody, you make it work, yeah. no matter what. You would hope that the things that Bouchotti said, he's heard from Lamar Jackson's mouth. Like you're hoping that he's. But he he said at the end of that he said at the end of that quote, and I don't think I got to it that he doesn't talk to Lamar. That he he just he so he wouldn't have heard it. Anything. And it did start with I think. Yeah. Everything he said. I, I just I. I don't, I, just, I, I don't get it. I don't get the lack of urgency. You've got to get yours. This is a guy who I think deserves top five money. Where should Lamar Jackson rank amongst the NFL's highest paid quarterbacks? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Where should Lamar Jackson rank amongst the NFL's highest paid quarterbacks? And is it a good idea that Lamar Jackson has not yet talked contract? With the Ravens. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Like, you know, you know where I'm coming from with this, right? Like, this is a guy who has made us proud. He has brought us, ESPN mm-hmm. 106.3, notoriety, selfishly. This is someone sure. who is one of the best stories you're ever going to find out of this area. The fact that Broward and Palm Beach fight over who gets to claim Lamar Jackson is the testament to the type of not only quarterback, but human being yep. this guy is. Yep. But you see so often all this promise in players and something happens and things get derailed. I do not want Lamar Jackson to be a cautionary tale. And I fear the longer that this goes, the better the chances of Lamar Jackson becoming that cautionary tale. Absolutely. But, again, I kind of agree with the owner. Like, there doesn't seem to be any no. sense of urgency. At all? It's not Bashadi's issue. This no. is Lamar's people. Like, come on. Absolutely. Get it done. Get oh. it done. Everybody's rooting for you. You're making yourself look kind of like foolish right now. Alongside your worries with the injury stuff, what if he can't get over that playoff hump? That thing's going to scoot right into the narrative, the, too. Exactly. So get something in now. Like, sure, three years from now, you could, say, you could say, oh, yeah, I'd make more money if I wait through a couple of franchise tags. But that anybody could say that. Yeah, Deshaun th- Watson could say What that? if those three years go by and you still uh-huh. haven't won a playoff game? And then all of a sudden, you're not in for uh, historic money. Right now, Lamar Jackson can still get historic money. Bingo. If things go south, then he's not going to. Because there's always going to be the detractor who says he's not built for this. He doesn't play quarterback the way it should be played. They'll scoot him out of the elite category uh-huh. if he doesn't win playoff games. It's as simple as that. That's how we create narratives. That's how we work now. Because he's one serious injury away from a Told you so. Mm-hmm. And then that's going to stick with him the rest of his career. Where should Lamar Jackson rank amongst the NFL's highest paid quarterbacks? And is he making the right call waiting 
on signing a new contract. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at KLV1063. Forget signing a new contract. Like negotiating mm-hmm. a new contract. Conversating about a new contract. Uh, Jeanette Javier, she's here in her Wednesday spot. I'm Ken Lavica, And when we return, well... We should go ahead and discuss what's been bothering me the last couple of days, and it's come to a head today. We'll discuss in a second. It involves Keyshawn Johnson. Ken Levick, I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. I tell you what, this office sometimes, I mean, the, the amount of disrespect that flies around here, it is so unprofessional. I, I can't even fully put it into the proper words. Ken Levick alive, Jeanette Javier, Friday Night Lights, Stone Labanowitz. And everybody celebrate balloons, confetti. It's a big party around here because tomorrow, Jeanette, Keyshawn Johnson, you hear him every day, 6 to 10 a.m. here on ESPN 106.3. He's rolling in to our studios to do his radio show in the morning with Max Kellerman and, and Jay Will. And there's a whole video set up here so we yes. can be on national television. Let, let the record show that we have we – have, been in existence since 2003 down here in in uh, Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast, West Palm Beach. We've never had a video component for our shows. We've never done shows where you can also see it while it's happening. Yet we have thousands of dollars of equipment because Keyshawn Johnson is coming down to do his show, and suddenly we have the capability to have a show, and we have the capability to do this show with video and to be seen. It's amazing what happens when the stars come through, right, Jeanette? Absolutely. I've never seen this here in my Mm -hmm. life. Even lighting, there's lighting equipment here. Yeah, right, right. Like lighting, actual lighting equipment. But what really bothers me is I walk into our kitchen area today, and for years, I mean years, I mean years, we have been trying to get a toaster here okay just for the morning people you show up maybe didn't have a chance to eat you want a little warmth on your bread a little crisp to it right a little cream cheese a little butter we've never had a toaster here i mean it took it took pleading and like a petition to get a keurig machine around here pitchforks right? yeah. signs so i walk into the kitchen area and what do i find today a toaster you did it a toaster no Keyshawn did it apparently Keyshawn did it It was his request? So guess who brought it in to appease the star, Keyshawn Johnson. I present to you part of the home team every day at 4 here on ESPN 106.3, Tina Toaster. Tina, Tina, Tina. (laughs) What? What to what do we owe the pleasure of a toaster coming in? This is a Keyshawn Johnson presentation, isn't it? No, and first, let me tell you a few things. This video equipment is not ours. Uh, Well, clearly, we didn't buy it. It was sent in for Keyshawn Johnson because he's obviously on TV as well when he does his show. Mm -hmm. So this is not ours, and this is, you know, we didn't purchase this. So, yes, we didn't have it. We didn't have, we still don't have the capabilities to do video here at ESPN West Palm. Oh, okay. So So the star comes in, and suddenly we're going to set it up for him and everything. He has to have it for for the next few days while he's in West Palm, and he's using our studios. Did did ESPN pass along a little cash for us to put together this whole setup for Keyshawn? I don't know that, but mm. I feel like it's nice that we put it together for him. And oh, we're how nice, him. right, Jeanette? Just how it's nice. so nice. Oh, great. Oh, I, I, I think you guys should say this to Keyshawn when he's here tomorrow or uh, Friday. Well, That's, listen to this, I by think the you way. both should well, say here, this to him. Here's to why face. I have beef with, beef with Keyshawn. I want you to listen to this. This is from Thursday last week here on ESPN 106.3. Listen to this, and this is why I'm a little fed up with Keyshawn Johnson. Let's hear Keyshawn Johnson this morning, 6 to 10 a.m. every day here on ESPN 106.3. Uh, he's a little bit hesitant about Tyree Kill to the Dolphins. And here's his reason uh, the why. The Dolphins. What does mm-hmm. Tyree Kill of do for the Dolphins, Key? Well, it gives, him a, it gives him another speed threat. But in terms of moving the needle for me, man, it doesn't do a whole lot. I don't think that. <laughs> good for him. He got the money. I'm happy he got paid. He should get paid. But in terms of the team. Yeah. 
I don't think it makes them anywhere near. Oh, okay. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, oh, the New England yeah, Patriots. Oh, although what? they they have beaten up on the New England Patriots a little bit oh, yeah, right. Flores, but I think that changes with McDaniel now being the head coach. Wait, why? Why? Wait, you've you've beaten up on the Patriots, mm-hmm. but Mike McDaniel is the coach of the Dolphins now, so that's magically going to change. That's right. The Patriots uh-huh. are suddenly better than the Dolphins, uh-huh. who have made themselves demonstrably better with yep. the roster. That is so. Lazy. Lazy. I I hear what Keyshawn is saying as far as... I heard it too, and it was stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Okay. you went off. Okay. You went off. So that started the beef, and then I show up, and there's a damn toaster for Keyshawn. So I agree with... So explain Tina Toaster. So first off, I totally agree with what Keyshawn said. Um, Of course. Just (laughs) just to make you more angry. Um, And there's a toaster today, because I brought in my personal toaster, and also, Ken, I have asked for a toaster here at ESPN West Palm few times, a toaster oven, toaster, something, and was told no. So I have tried two. So I brought in my own personal toaster because the office tomorrow with Keyshawn being here will also get some bagels and some fruits. Why aren't there so, bagels and fruits today, Tina Toaster? Because we can't get that every single day. You want to pay for it? Not only that, but I've seen bagels in here many times, but no toaster. But no toaster. Okay, because... I don't bring in my toaster every single time we have bagels and stuff. Oh, we also, when Keyshawn we comes also, in, you're bringing your toaster. We also, rarely, we also rarely have bagels in here. The last time you saw there was bagels because we had a new teammate start here, and he brought them in to – it was his first day, and he goes, Hi, I'm Johnny. I brought some breakfast for the studio and for the office. So I had no idea that there were bagels being brought here, Ken and Jeanette. Well, so, yes. It's not I, the first time. I brought my uh-huh. personal toaster. So, yes, Keyshawn Johnson's going to be here very early in the morning. And so all of us can toast our bagels tomorrow uh-huh. and on Friday if there's extra so we all could toast them. Well, maybe but guess you, what? what? I'm going to make sure you have none. That's fine. I don't eat gluten. So, and also, you talk about a toaster here. You don't walk in the office until about 10, 45, 11 every day. That's fine. So, and you don't, don't even eat breakfast. Don't worry about me when I you show up. You don't even eat breakfast. Don't worry so about don't me worry when about I a show up, Tina and Toaster. And all you do is get gas station food, so you'll never need the toaster. <laughs> yeah. I eat protein bars and sub 400 calories in the afternoon. <laughs> Lay off me. Hopefully, we can wave the palm fronds at Keyshawn when he comes in tomorrow morning. And maybe, I will maybe, be just there maybe with some. I'll rub his feet for him, okay? I'll I, feed him grapes. He played for yeah, the Bucks. Yeah. Unbelievable. I can't wait for all the 6'4", 220-pound Keyshawn Johnson to walk in, and you got nothing we'll, for No, him. we'll see if nothing. he has the guts to show up on this show on Friday and answer to that Dolphins point, okay? Maybe, just maybe, we'll invite Tina Toaster in. I think so, you should ask him in our in our team meeting in front of everyone. I can't wait tomorrow or Friday. When is he going to? Well, tomorrow. He'll be in here. I can't wait for Tina to be like, ooh, ooh, uh, Keyshawn, I don't know if you noticed, but for your bagels, I have a nice toaster for you. Look, there's four slots for it, and it pops out. It's what really num- nice. What number do you want it? Do you want it one, two, three, yeah, I'm four? Two and would, a half. You, would you like a light toast? Would you like a medium toast? Or would you like a heavy dark toast? I actually probably won't even run into him because his show is so early, but... There's a toaster there if he wants to toast it. And there's a toaster for all the teammates here who would like one. But if I see you, Ken, at the toaster, <laughs> you just better run. You just better run. I got you, Kay. Don't worry. Tina Toaster. Doing things for the stars. For her friends, for her teammates. Nada. Not no, Ken. it's for everybody. No, it's for Keyshawn. Thank you, Tina Toaster. You're not welcome. Listen to Tina Toaster today at 4 here on ESPN 106.3 with Josh Cohen and Dean Thomas. She's Jeanette Javier. Her review of Tin Cup is on the way. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.